Crystal's jacket. I hope she's kept her life monitor on. Where are those two? We'll find them. We'll find Greetings, Bucketheads, Mevar Tigar. Welcome to a special episode of MandoVision, Nargai Tom. Thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is via social media at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. And if possible, show inclined, and listening on an Apple podcast, sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews are greatly appreciated. They help us defeat the tyranny of the evil algorithm. And they help small independent podcasts like us, you know, not get lost in the shuffle if you want to get into it specifically. Well, Bucketheads, we have got quite a show for you today. This is a, a, a very special episode, and that, that required a special guest to come on board for this one. Uh, we are re-watching, revisiting, exploring the new tab on Disney+, Plus, Star Wars Vintage Collection. We're getting into it, and uh, for me in particular, this is, this is a time warp. This is sending me into, into, into the... the <laughs> in, I'm going into my own past here and, and, and watching some things that I have not seen in 20-plus years, 25-plus years possibly 30 plus years. I mean, it, it just depends how good my memory is on some of these things, on when the last time I actually watched uh, some of this content it, it was. And and we're kicking it off, uh, basically, I mean, it's not necessarily, okay, well, I shouldn't say the beginning, but one of the first big pieces of, of Star Wars that came out after the films were done, after we got Return of the Jedi. And and what, what was the biggest thing that, that came out of Return of the Jedi? The Ewoks. The Ewoks were setting the world on fire with their cuddly cuteness, wicket, adorbs, you know, all that good stuff. And and so why not capitalize on that, right, ABC, right, Disney? Get that Ewok special on the air as soon as humanly possible. And that's what they did. And they didn't do and it once wasn't good enough. No, no, no. They they made two of these Ewok movies. So we're getting into the first one today. We're gonna to be doing Ewoks. The adventure. I'm sorry. I think they originally when I was a kid, it was just the Ewok adventure, uh, but now it's Caravan of Courage. You know, that's kind of like the they, they kind of bumped it up uh, with a, with a fancy new title here to to help distinguish it from its sequel, which oh boy, we will get to that event at some point too. And uh, yeah, so we're gonna watch Ewoks Caravan of Courage. Well, we have watched Ewoks Caravan of Courage. We will do a review of it right now, a, re- a rewatch, if you will. And this again, this is gonna be a, a trip down memory lane for 
for a lot of people, if you're anywhere, if you're anywhere near my age bracket, you remember sitting around and watching this on the television when you were a kid in the mid '80s, and uh, yeah, and and so as was appropriate, uh, I felt like it was this would be a good show to bring back my brother, Mark, who has been on on our, our Star Wars podcast day episode, uh, where we where we look back to um, our first times watching Star Wars and and why it's it's so important to us and how impactful it's been to us over the years. So yeah, it made a ton of sense to me to have him come back on because that's who I watched these movies with the first time, these Ewok movies. When they first aired on network television, he was right by my side and we watched them together and I'm I'm assuming we watched them a couple times together because, you know, you know, back then you had to wait <laughs> for them to be aired on a yearly basis where you watch them again. Unless you were, you know, savvy enough to have a VCR and you could have taped it, recorded it off the television set. Uh, but in 1984, we were not there yet. We did not have a VCR. That was not something we, uh, that, that that was not a a, a a device in our home in 1984. So, no, no, no. We had to wait for it to be re-aired the following year and the following year. You know, all, all that. That was the only time we got to watch these. Uh, so, yeah, he's coming on board. We're going to have a big chat about this movie, talk about it, the highs and lows and what the heck's going on in some of these parts. It's going to be a real interesting look back. I can't wait to see... Uh, what he has to say about it. And uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting. So strap on your buckets. Let's go. Listen, as soon as I get my gun, we're history. We're out of this place. Why can't we stay here with them? Stay here with these walking hairbrushes? Come on, Cindy, they're animals. No, they're not. I like them. Ah, fresh. Who's a fly? All right, joining us via the power of Skype and the power of the Force, my brother Mark is back with us here on Mandivision. Mark, how are you doing today, sir? I'm good. How are you? Hey, it's it's always uh, it's always a good day to talk about Star Wars, at least in my opinion. <laughs> I don't know if you feel the same. <laughs> no, not really. But <laughs> dang! All right, we're off to a, a great start <laughs> for our Caravan of Courage special. <laughs> Mark would clearly be t- anywhere else wanting to talk about anything but this movie. No, not at the moment. <laughs> I watched it, so I definitely want to talk about it. There's, there's a lot to be said. This is a, uh, uh, an interesting look back at, at a very uh, peculiar time in, in Star Wars. Um, <laughs> you know, this movie came out, it was the holidays, it was 1984. I think it came out like Thanksgiving weekend, you know, when, when everyone's at home still eating, like, leftovers from turkey and everything like that. And, it, you know, debuts on network television, ABC. I, I don't remember if it was, like, part of, like, the, the, the just the ABC family movie of the of the week or if it was, like, part of, like, the Disney thing. I don't remember uh, specifically what it was, but I definitely remember watching this at home in 1984. Uh, right. that, ma- that makes me six years old. Uh, that would make you four years old. Yes. What, I mean, do you have any recollection of watching this? Initially, the the first time around, sitting in, on the floor, <laughs> in front of the giant TV. Um, I don't, I don't know if I have any memory of the initial viewing, but I do remember being excited as a kid when I guess like a few years later they they re-aired it. Okay, right. Um, but the and, and I think I remember being very disappointed, even as a kid. <laughs> oh, well, okay, right on. Uh... Yeah, I I mean, I, I 
<laughs> it's it, I don't think I was like disappointed because I was like, oh, it's Star Wars, so it's automatically awesome. But it was uh, I was it, it was definitely lacking in in uh, the Star Warsiness of it all. Right. And I I, I wonder if uh, we were already outgrowing Ewoks, but I don't know. I couldn't say for sure if that was the case. You know, I never outgrew the Ewoks. I I have a, a I have a fondness for them. Ewoks don't bother me, and my issues with this are not the Ewoks. Yeah, and, and listen, I don't mean to say like we you know I outgrew the Ewoks because I, I I unlike some people of my age group, I don't have as many. Uh, I don't have that big problem with the Ewoks and how it was just. You know, a bunch of guys in, in teddy bear costumes. I like that's not me. I don't. I I buy into Star Wars. You know, part and parcel. Like I'm in for the whole thing. So so yeah, right. I'm like yeah, Ewoks. They defeat the Empire. I, I get that. That makes total sense to me. Why not? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, it would be cooler if it was a bunch of Wookies. But you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah, exactly. Like, the, yeah, that's the thing. It's like you you find out when you're older that like, oh, it was originally supposed to be on Kashyyyk and it was supposed to be Wookiees. Like, oh man, that would have been awesome. But at the same time, yeah, probably one not in the budget and two not definitely not in a PG rating. Well, yeah, and you know, like like we talked about on the podcast here, you know, it's it's okay to, um, you know, have your 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 criticisms and your critiques of of the movies. Um, but just kind of like recognize that they're the movies and, and that they're why we're here and that, and that's okay. And, and, you know, if that's Lucas's vision, that's Lucas's vision. And that's all we can really say about that. Sure. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, it, I was talking to another friend earlier in the week and I sort of talked about how fandom's gone, kind of gone like 360 on Lucas, uh, you know, cause like when the prequels came out, they wanted his head. Uh, and right. now with the sequel trilogy, they're like, bring back Lucas. It's pretty, yeah. wi- it's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. So you you can you know whatever like I said you can have the critiques and the criticisms of of his vision but they are what they are and they're the reason why we have Star Wars so you know in the grand scheme of things I'm a okay with all of it. All right. Yeah, and like I said, I when I when I look back to this movie and and watching it in the, on the TV as kids, yeah, I mean I I think I remember just having more questions than I had answers. Like I wanted to know like how this family got you know, stuck on Endor and like what was going on with the Empire like what was going on with the Rebels I had these questions about everything else going on I couldn't just be locked in on the story here because I wanted to know why why aren't we seeing more Star Warsy in things you know mm-hmm. and I, I still sort of will get that sense when I watch this movie I was like I want to know what's going on with the Empire right now did they shut them <laughs> down well yeah like it, it's definitely one of those things um, you think about where this family came from and, and how they got there but I don't know for the you know I think about it I think probably for the first fifteen minutes and and then you just kind of lock into all right this is happening and you just go with it right so let's get the particulars out of, out of the way real quick here this is uh, the Ewok Adventure also known as Caravan of Courage uh, yes. 1984 release uh, November 25th 1984 to be specific is directed by uh, John Cordy with a story by George Lucas and a teleplay by Bob Corral. Uh, our actors in this, the main actors are Eric Walker, Warwick Davis, and Aubrey Miller as Sindel. And and of of all the the things that I did not remember about this movie, I did not remember Burl Ives as the narrator. That when when he started talking, I was like, wait, what's happening right now? Am I watching Rudolph? Yeah, I I had the same the same feeling. Um, there's a little bit of nostalgia there just because of 
you know, my familiarity with the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Christmas special. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then, wow, what a completely unnecessary narration. Yeah, and we we will talk about that a little bit more once we kind of start into the movie. Um, (laughs) But there's there's some... Let me ask you the big question right out of the out of the gate: Was this a senseless money grab? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> let me. Although, uh, I don't know. I don't know how much money you're making off of this. Yeah, well, that's true too. Let me let me give it the the brief plot description here on on IMDb. It says: Wicket the Ewok and his friends agree to help two shipwrecked human children, Mason Sindel, on a quest to find their parents. So I'm 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 riveted. I'm 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 in. I mean, Tell me more. Yeah, that's more or less what it is. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Do you uh, so uh, again right before we get, we get into this? The last time you were watching this was was it was it what late eighties? Uh, yeah, mid to late eighties. Yeah, I I have a vague memory that at some point this got put out like in the mid nineties on VHS. And I bought it. <laughs> wow. Well, I think at the time I was like, you know, I was very much like the Star Wars completionist. I wanted, you know, we had we had already tracked down like the letterbox copies of the original trilogy, and and you know, I was like, oh, now the Ewoks movies are out, and I think they put out like the the Ewoks cartoon and the Droids animated series at the time, and I think we ended up getting all of those at some point because uh, if I remember correctly, they came in like a like a white clamshell kind of case. Um, I, I wanted to track those down before I started this episode, but I, I didn't have time to make it down into the storage unit to go looking for it. <laughs> so, okay. but uh, I have a memory of of that. But I, I, and again, I could be I could be dead wrong, and or, or it could be something that was lost in one of my many moves back and forth across this country we live in. But yeah, I, yeah. I mean, no. I was going to say no. I was going to say I I definitely don't remember that. Um, so that might have been one of those things that you kind of collected, and I never. Never really saw it or knew you had it. So yeah, well, I, again, I, I definitely remember having them, but I don't remember if I ever watched them. Like I might have just like kept them wrapped in in, in, their, in their cellophane wrapper with the price tag on them. I don't know if I ever popped these on. So I, the last time I watched this movie, it, it's it's been a while. You know, it may have yeah. been the '80s or, or some early uh, rebroadcast in the early early '90s or something like that. So it's it had been uh, quite some time. So so revisiting this was. Uh, interesting to say at least. I remembered more of it than I thought I would, uh, particularly with the, with the Gorax and and, and 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 stuff like that. But then there's a, a chunk of stuff that I totally forgot about. And then, like we said, like Burl Ives as the narrator, that was something that was just off my radar. Whenever the last time we watched this was, right. So let, let's kind of start with that. <laughs> the the movie starts, you know, with the with the parents looking for their kids who run off for various reasons that are never explained. Uh, and then the the Gorax shows up and captures the parents. Why he doesn't just eat them right then and there, I don't know. Uh, but he he captures the parents and takes them back to his uh, surprisingly cool castle lair. <laughs> right. With it looks like a cool like castle-y thing, but then it looks like he just lives in a mountain. So it's a little weird. But you know, we'll talk about that later. Uh, and then we get the big title card and the and the music and the, and the credits and everything. Uh, and then the movie transitions into a, like a nature film, <laughs> which I was like really confused bit. by. Yeah. Okay. I was like, it's, it was like a National Geographic special on the Ewoks. 
A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what did how'd that play for you? The nature special stuff? Yeah, like, like I mean, was that... Do, do you feel like that element added anything to it? No. <laughs> I, you know, I think one of my biggest... One of my biggest gripes with it is that, really, the story of Mace and Sindel trying to find their parents, like, like that's what the main story is, doesn't start until halfway through the movie. Um, so th- there is a lot of time wasted um, in in the first act of this. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's probably the, the biggest criticism I have of the movie is, like, it's, it's very oddly paced. Um, right. it, it's, and, all right, maybe I'm nuts, okay? <laughs> maybe I'm nuts. <laughs> but this movie, it sort of felt like it wanted to be, like, the Dark Crystal. It's been so long since I've seen the Dark Crystal, I couldn't say. Okay, all right, fair enough. But I, I, I definitely picked up, like, these, like, kind of, like, Dark Crystal vibes from it. Uh, you know, particularly with like some like the, the just the crazy random things that happen on Endor. Apparently, like uh, you know, you you can't touch a river or else you end up trapped in it. And you know, and, right. and the, the mystical river pits and and uh, uh, that that creature that lives in the tree and is eating Mace's arm. Right. <laughs> like, there's some weird stuff in this movie. There is, but you know, that's actually kind of the stuff that you know I did enjoy about it. Well, right, but you know, you think that might have been touched on a little, a little bit more. Uh, you know, again, we know chronologically speaking, this comes after Return of the Jedi, as far as like us being able to view it. But mm-hmm. but according to to the to the lore, this movie takes place before Return of the Jedi, between Empire and Jedi. Well, yeah, that makes the most sense. I'd say. Does it though? I feel like it. <laughs> well, I mean. It doesn't to me because because I, I I would I would think the Ewoks at this point would be a little bit more familiar with humans than by the time that the rebels show up. But I mean I I don't know I took it as it takes place before. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean I guess you know how long how long does it it took them twenty years to build the first Death Star so shouldn't we have seen the Death Star the second Death Star being built somewhere in the sky during in, this if it's between empire and jedi in theory which why in my mind this makes more sense as being post return of the jedi or maybe just even before well i don't know if you could say it's even before a new hope but yeah or, or you know sometime far removed would have been interesting but then obviously you wouldn't be able to have wicked in it right unless unless the ewoks just age insanely slow yeah i mean we don't really know their lifespans so yeah, that's true that's true. Would it surprise you to know, Mark, that uh, that uh, Joe Johnson was the chief concept designer of this movie? No, because I saw his name in the credits. Okay, I thought you might. I, I, <laughs> that was one of the one of the things I noticed in the credits. I was like, oh man, Joe Johnson was he stayed involved with this? That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it adds a certain like authenticity to its look a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I suppose. I, I was he involved in in Jedi? I don't I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, I think he was the chief concept designer for throughout the trilogy, basically, especially by the time of Jedi. Oh. Okay, all right. So like, there's that, that that I think that lends a little bit of a of a, of a credence to its uh, you know visuals at least. 
Right. And I don't know. I I, I suppose you also suspected this as well. And then I looked it up and found out that this was true. But uh, yeah, they actually shot this in Marin County up in California. You know, homeless mm-hmm. Skywalker Ranch. <laughs> so, yeah. Could you? Which that just seems so wild to me. I was like, we're just gonna go in George Lucas's backyard and film a Ewoks movie. Let's do this. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great. <laughs> it's kind of cool, right? You can just go into your backyard and make an Ewok movie. You're like, yeah, we're on indoor now, and, and yeah. deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think that's the dream for a lot of filmmakers. Yeah, I mean, hey, Lucas, he's like Lex Luthor. He just is all about that the the the, the real estate. <laughs> just like him, <laughs> Otisburg, right around the corner. That's right. <laughs> what What did you think about the characters? What do you think of the kids? I mean, obviously. You know the Ewoks are the Ewoks. I don't have a problem with the Ewoks. They're very Ewoky in this movie, and I got no, I got no gripe with that. What, but what do you think about Mason Sindel? Oh, they're horrible. They are not good. <laughs> I'm glad um, you said I, that. I mean, Sindel is like she's fine. I mean, half the time she looks like she doesn't know where she is or or what's happening. Right. Um, but you know, she's young enough that. That, that that can be forgiven and I, I think as a young kid she does she does well enough um but with mace no he's he's really bad um he is really bad in this he's really bad and i feel like a lot of the time they were they were telling him to kind of speed up his dialogue because of you know the time constraints of tv where just his dialogue was was uh was really fast like there weren't um there weren't like dramatic pauses um between lines like when i i think it's early on he's asking sindel after he's like hey sindel how you feeling feeling better okay good you know it's, (laughs) it's like he's just reading the lines as fast as he can you know and someone told him to do that obviously yeah i i don't know he it mace is Again, we said it, it's not good. He has parts at, at times. He has like a bit of an accent that kind of creeps into his into his speech, which is a, a, a little weird. Um, okay. And his, you know, you could tell they were going for like a Luke Skywalker kind of thing with his hair. And yes. then they put him in like this like knockoff X wing fighter uniform. Yeah, and yeah. I was really confused about that too. I was like, is are like X wing jumpsuits just kind of like standard gear for for living in? Uh, you know, if you're flying through space, maybe, maybe it's kind of a, a standard thing. Um, did, did you have, you know what, I, there's something I wanted to share with you. I meant to get to okay. this earlier in, 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 in our show, but I, I did a little research here because uh, I, I am now a, a owner of the Star Wars Essential Atlas. And, okay. and so I did a little research into the Force Moon of Endor and, and uh, I, I got a little bit of a, uh, let me let me see, let me read this to you here, okay? Okay. Hang on, gotta find the right section. <laughs> All right. All right. Local space is plagued by hyperspace anomalies that have wrecked starships from nearby Sanyasa and Zorbia, as well as transports belonging to star hoppers hauling from far off ports. I found that interesting because it finally, this book finally gave me an answer as to how this starship was crashed, and how these people got to this planet. <laughs> So it was a hyperspace accident. That's what it sounds like. It wasn't like the dad wasn't drunk on the blue milk and, you know, got a little too close to a gravity well. Like there's an sure. actual... Uh, Star Wars actually went invested and in, in, made up an entire anomaly to have caused starship crashes. And that'll come into play. 
again when we get to uh, Battle for Endor. Like, where, where did these marauders come from? But we'll talk about that one later. Yeah, because I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, all right. We'll save that for the future. But yeah, yeah I, oh. I guess it's the thing, though. Like, how they how they crashed doesn't really bother me that much. It's like, okay, they crashed. Like, whether it was a mechanical failure, whatever it was, they crash landed. Like, I'm fine with that. I, I don't need much of an explanation. No, it, it's just something I was always curious about. Like I said, I I, I sort of always wanted to, to have like this larger connection to the Star Wars galaxy. So I was like, oh, maybe a bunch of Tie Fighters shot him down or something cool like that. Because you know, I you know, I guess I just would like to know a little bit more about like what they were kind of doing. It seems like a kind of a weird thing to uh, uh, imagine, you know, the Empire in the grip. Uh, the galaxy in the grip of the empire and you know these people are like let's go on family vacation <laughs> it's just a little odd you know i was like so you kind of come up with like a backstory like like what are they doing like maybe they're spies or maybe they're well, yeah. like, maybe maybe they were contractors for the second death star <laughs> that that would be interesting a, a part of me thought like oh you know maybe they were like they were scouts of some sort See, I thought about that too. I was like, "Oh, wouldn't it be interesting if this guy was like in the Empire's like core of civil engin- civil engineering core or whatever, and they're looking to put a forward base on on Endor so they can protect the Death Star under construction there with a the, with a shield generator." Right. Yeah. It's like that would have been cool if if they are going to set this between Empire and Jedi. Sure. But I I still kind of go with like what we said earlier. Like it it kind of makes more sense for this to be post Jedi. Yeah, sure. I guess so. Yeah, you know, it, it's not that important. It's it's just one of those things for me to to kind of like I just like to chew on a little bit. Yeah. All right. So we we talked about Mace, his weird flight suit. You talked a little bit about Sindel, who spends like the first, you know, what half of this movie? Not half, but like the first, I don't know, twenty twenty five minutes. Yeah, like like sick and you know. Yeah. Covered in sweat and <laughs> moisture. Yes. Yeah. And just crying and whining a lot. And it, yeah. was, it was brutal. It was tough to watch. And then, yeah, because like she was fine, and then literally it was just like, oh, I'm not feeling well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she had that hibernation sickness. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. That's the only sickness they've ever talked about in Star Wars, unless it's that blue Nile flu or whatever they had in the blue oh. Star Star Wars COVID. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. But the Ewoks are are being kind of cool. They're trying to help, right? But like Mace is a jerk to the Ewoks for like almost all of this movie. Yep, it's pretty bad. <laughs> like he has Empire Imperial Stormtrooper written all over him. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Now, wouldn't it have been funny if we found that this was in the past, and that you know one one of those Ewoks, you know, when they're kicking the stormtroopers' butts in Jedi, the helmet comes off and you see. A fully grown mace. I mean, that would be amazing. Make that the special special edition. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think so. He's like, he's like, he grunts one last time, and he's like, "Oh, stupid walking hairbrushes," and then dies. That is one of the things he referred to them as. It sure was. It sure was. I have that in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess like my my biggest my biggest gripe with the movie is I don't like the the humans. In this, the Ewoks are, are fine. The Ewoks are doing their thing, and I got no problem with that whatsoever. Right. And they're they're being super cool, and they're gonna try and help the 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 bratty preteen uh, and his little sister try to find their parents. I don't think they've established that he's with the Gorax though, right? Like they didn't really know that part of things. They're just like, we're gonna go on a quest. Oh no, wait, I take it back because when they go to the the witch doctor Ewok, 
they see in in the in the crystal that the Gorax has them. So they they do know that. Right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and that's what sends them on on their mission because everyone apparently knows where the Gorax lives, but no one dare go there. Well, I mean, he's a big deal. Literally. He's a man who walks in slow motion. He sure does. You notice that too, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> There is a there, there is what did I want what I wanted to want to go to next on this um oh I don't remember exactly where I was gonna go next with this but uh well can we just I mean can we just talk about how completely unnecessary to the story that whole thing with Sindel being sick was oh yeah I, like yeah, I, th- that was I thought filler. something was actually gonna come out of that and just absolutely nothing did it was it was a complete. It was it was just total filler. Yeah, it was it was total filler. I, I would have liked it more if, at the on the other side of this, after seeing the the links that the Ewoks go to to help Sindel, that Mace would have been cooler to them. You know, and maybe, right. maybe he, you know, he stops with his derogatory anti Ewok rhetoric. That would have been nice, yeah. but he doesn't. He continues to be a total butt through the entire movie. Well, I mean, I feel like he was a little more okay with them, but still, you know, he was, yeah, like he was still very, very arrogant towards them. He was a human supremacist. Um, we know this. I mean, he thought he was better than the Ewoks by a lot. He did. Yeah, that's, that, that is true. Um, the other thing about it was, you know, when, when they're getting uh, medicine for Sindel and, Mace sticks his arm in in, in the tree, in the tree. And that monster is yes. like biting his arm. Later, they go back to to the Ewok hut, and it's the other hand. I noticed that too. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I didn't notice that. But what I was oh, going to say, okay. sorry, sorry, sorry. I felt like they were calling such attention to it, and I mean, look, we're just dealing with static teddy bear faces. But I don't, you know, I don't know, like. The, the way they shot that Ewok's, the, the Ewok uh, doctor's face, like, I, I thought something more was going to come of his wound. Like, he was slowly going to turn into some kind of evil monster or something like that. And I, I figured, I was like, I don't think that happens in this, but wouldn't that be amazing? Um, but no, they just completely did nothing with it. Yeah, that yeah, that's a really good point. I, I remember having a similar thought, like, oh, that, that might factor into things later, then nothing happens. It right. just goes away, it, and it was it was you know it, uh, that creature in the tree by the way is named the, the Temptor, <laughs> so he tempted Mace into his into his uh, lair, uh, and yeah he appropriate. he grabs Mace by the right arm, and pulls mm-hmm. him towards the tree, and then when you see him back in the Ewok village, yeah it's his left hand that it has all the like quote unquote scarring on it or you know the wound from the creature, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, I I didn't notice that though. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good stuff right there. Um, yeah. So so they go get that medicine for Sindel. Gets her better, and then they decide that uh, now that they're done with the Ewoks, it's time for them to leave. <laughs> right. Or did I have that backward? It does yeah yeah yeah. They get then that's when they get attacked by the 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 creature. Um, I think that creature has a name too. I don't remember if I wrote it down or not. Uh, the, the boar wolf. The boar wolf. Right. And somehow this boar wolf has, uh, like the the life sign indicator that their parents wear. That's true. They never explain that, do they? They really don't. No. Yeah. No, I mean, 
what would be your interpretation of that? Like, what would you think that meant? Or like, or like from a storytelling perspective, like how would you have played that? Uh, maybe that the boar wolf was kind of a, a pet of the Gorax. And he just, you know, he, he, he gave that to his pet as sort of like, you know, like a dog collar, something like that. Okay. Um, and maybe he sends the, you know, he sends these boar wolves out to like kind of hunt for food and kind of let them know where, where prey is something along those lines. Yeah. That's kind of where I got to, but that, that's sort of like the, is, is the, the moment after the, the boar wolf attacks, uh, and the Ewoks come to save them yet again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we're back in the Ewok village and they, and, you know, they, and they, they, they have that, that thing there is like the sign their parents are alive. Because I guess it's, right. it's still working, even though it's not on the person, which is weird. But but, but that's yeah, I thought that's... about that too. But again, I was like, it's you know, it's a dumb kids movie, so I was just kind of like, okay, sure. And again, you know what? You you brought up a really good point there, and uh, we do need to emphasize that this is a kids movie, and I think that's something you got to keep in mind when you rewatch it. Yeah. You know, we're 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 full grown adults, kind of critiquing the movie here, uh, and and you know. I think we're trying to do it in, in as fun a way as, as possible. But, I mean, as, as far as a kid's movie goes, like, I think it's totally fine to watch this. I suppose. <laughs> I mean, I think there's probably worse things your kid could watch. A hundred percent. So, I don't have a problem if you want to show your kids the, the, the Caravan of Courage. Yeah, no, I, I think at, at an early enough age, it will definitely be something that, that they would enjoy. But I think it's also something, you know, they'll probably grow out of pretty quickly. Maybe, but I mean, you know, it'll, it'll entertain them for several years, and they'll probably have an affinity for Ewoks after that. Yeah, no problem with that whatsoever. Uh, I oh, I, I already mentioned how this movie had like a, a like a, like a dark crystal kind of vibe to it, in my opinion. Right. The other thing I noted when I was watching this movie was like, I, I feel like there's a lot of stuff in here that Lucas would later revisit in Willow. You think? Yes. That, oh, you thought so too. You noted that. Okay. Yeah, especially with like the little electric pixie that they pick yes, up along the way. Yes, a hundred percent. That's a brownie. That is a brownie yeah. uh, on Endor. Well, the the brownies were just like not the, the brownies, Kevin right? Pollock no, guys. yeah, the, but the fairies when they when the fairies come in. Sorry, I, I yeah. misspoke. I got my my Willow characters mixed up. How dare you? <laughs> I know, I know, I, I blew it. I blew it. But, but yes, yes, you're you're definitely right that that is like the fairies from Willow. Yeah, this is the precursor to that. And like, that's not even the only thing. I mean, there's a, there's a lot in this movie that, that really re- reminded me of Willow at the same time. I, I'm, you know... I mean, just the questing part of it, you know, essentially was the, like... The questing part of it, the fact that we're following a group of little people, you know, <laughs> you're like, yeah, there's a lot of similarities. There's a lot of... I mean, you know, Warwick Davis is in this. Yeah, <laughs> so that too. That probably helps. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's why I'm making that connection so easily. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it was it was it was interesting to watch this and then realize like, oh, and like Willow came out like two or three years later. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Willow, I think was what eighty seven, eighty eight. I think it's eighty eight. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, obviously they were probably filming it back in like eighty six, eighty seven, somewhere in that range. So, right. So yeah, yeah it's probably true. only a couple, a few years removed from when when uh, these Ewok movies were coming out. And I, I'm very curious if we'll get the same vibe when it comes time to watch Battle for Endor. Probably. All right. So as far as the movie goes, though, as far as the plot goes, I mean, Mason and Sindel know their parents are alive. They're going to talk the Ewoks into helping them. So it's time to go on a quest and get magical 
objects. Again, now right. I, I evoke the Dark Crystal and the Willow comparisons once again. Yeah. What did you think of, I mean, like, you know, the questing, the, the caravan itself is interesting, which I feel like caravan is just another, another word instead of, instead of saying like the Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> yes. It was, yeah. like, it was like the Fellowship of that life bracelet. Yep. <laughs> but uh, uh, um, the Ewoks that we meet, like the 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 axe throwing guy, and Gimli. <laughs> I that was the Gimli Ewok. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. And you're totally right. <laughs> you're, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, Gimli. Nailed it. <laughs> Mark, you win the podcast. Show's over. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, okay, so then what's uh, what's the other one? Like the, the, the Ewok tree hugger uh, hippie person? I, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I just remember thinking it was interesting that it was a female Ewok and her name sounded way too similar to Skank. Skank from it, the from the Crow movie. Yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah, it, it was fired it was up. Like Kank or something like that. Kank. I, I don't yeah, think that's yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. No, yeah, you're right. It's K A I N K. Okay. Yeah. There, there it is. Maybe it's pronounced Kank. I mean, I remember them saying Kank. Okay, fine. You win. <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> I tried to defend her name, Mark. I, I couldn't do it. It would have been cooler. No, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that joke. Never mind. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, so now we we we've 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 completed our party. We've done like the fantasy movie element of the of the of the of the of the show. We now have our party assembled. Where you know it's time to roll some twelve sided die and go to attack uh, the Gorax, right? Yeah, more or less. I mean, I mean, make a few stops along the way. Well, again, and we do get the really weird Firefly scene. The Tinkerbell yeah. of Star Wars and, and the future fairies for Willow all kind of rolled into one. Right. Did you notice that that, that fairy only had like four moves and then would just like cycle around again? <laughs> yeah, more or less. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I, you know, I'm, I'm again, it's something I'm like, that, that might have been helpful in the battle against the Empire, but you know, whatever. Okay. Uh, I enjoyed the crossing of the Desert of Salma. I enjoyed the acid pools and the dry lakes. I thought that was a neat look. <laughs> yeah, you know, one thing about the about the movie that I did enjoy was I thought that it had a lot of really great map paintings. It did. It really did. I wish, like you said, I mean, if this movie is set before Jedi, you, you do kind of wish one of them. You know, when you, you when you when you saw that moon up in the sky, like, it'd be kind of cool. If there was like, a little Death Star next to it being built. Right. But yeah, I mean, the, the movie's use of map paintings is, is pretty fantastic. I mean, that's something that Star Wars is always good at. So it makes a certain amount of sense that they would continue that with this film. Yeah, you know, it, it helps give it um, sort of a, a, a broader scope. And it, it gives it a nice look, I feel like. Yeah, and, and you know, the other element that I liked about the movie is I, I did enjoy uh, getting to explore Endor more. I thought it was cool. I thought it was fun to see like these different elements. You know, Lucas is very famous for having like the the, the single environment planet. You know, like Tatooine's the desert planet, Hoth is the ice planet. There's not a lot right. of like, ecosystems per se in in, yeah. in the Star Wars galaxy because like you know Lucas likes this this one thing. Um, yeah. But I so I, I like that exploration of it. I, it would have been cool if we got to see a little bit more of uh, the other species that lives on Endor with with the Ewoks. <laughs> Well, did you think it was a little strange, though, because um, 
you know, in Jedi, they refer to it as the forest moon of Endor. And I thought to myself watching this, like, so it's more like a barren wasteland of a moon with a forest on it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's a very green moon. I think the, I think the, the wasteland part, like this dry lake bed seems to be the anomaly. Okay. All right. You know, and again, we are seeing a, a fairly small portion of of Endor at this point. I mean, we don't we don't exactly know how many uh, leagues they've traveled to, to get true. to the Gorax's uh, fortress. But I mean, you know, I don't know. I guess I mean, I guess if you're the Gorax, sometimes you have to, you have to go for a long walk to get food because like where he lives, there's not a lot of things going on. It sounds like he needs uh, he needs to move. <laughs> Real estate. It's it's a it's a tricky business on Endor. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I enjoyed exploring more of Endor. I think it would have been cool to see uh, the, the Yuzum, who are the other dominant species of the forest moon of Endor. Uh, they, live, uh, they live in the plains of Endor, apparently. What are those? I don't even know about that. Well, okay, so the, the, let's, 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 let's talk about the Yuzum. The Uzum. Is it Uzum or Yuzum? I can't remember for sure, but it's one of those. It's, it's like Y-U-Z-Z-U-M is how you pronounce them. And okay. uh, they were supposed to be originally. They were going to be in Return of the Jedi in in a bit, a bit more of a prominent role uh, with the Ewoks. But apparently, it was uh, very costly uh, to to produce the, the these these puppets that they were end up using. Uh, okay. So they did like the prototype one, and they decided they couldn't do it. It wasn't going to work, so they scrapped that whole idea. And then they just took that one puppet and they kind of tucked him in the background of Jabba's palace. So you see one. Okay. In, ba- in, in the background of Jabba's palace, I think he's just kind of like standing there. He's like propped up with like a gun, a blaster. Okay. Uh, but in the special edition of Return of the Jedi, where they they redid uh, the Max Rebo music number, mm-hmm. and you had like that Joe Cocker esque, uh, you know, car- male singer, okay, to go along with Sias Noodles. Yeah, that's a Usum from Endor. Oh, I don't like him. <laughs> Hey, that's fair. I'm just giving you the the context, the information. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I hate that stupid song. I hate that dumb singer. Um, well, I mean, no. I I'm very partic- I'm very partial to the original version. So. Right. That's just me, though. Oh, uh, you know what? We skipped over this. I, I it's it's in my notes. I'm going back through my notes right now. Uh, what did you think of Sindel teaching Wicket how to speak Basic slash English? Uh, you know, I was down with it. It reminded me of um, C-3PO telling the story to the Ewoks in, in Jedi. So, Yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, it's, it's another like little continuity thing there. I'm like, well, if this takes place before Jedi, wouldn't Ewok, Wicked have known some words when, when Leia's talking to him? But again, I won't get down that road. Yeah, that's, you know, that, that's true. But I don't know. It didn't really bother me. Okay, so yeah, we have we have the lumberjack Ewok slash Gimli, and uh, yeah, and then we're in the desert. All right, so the Gorax has a fortress with like windows. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Oh, what did you think? Let me go back again to to when the party's kind of coming together, and they're they're receiving like the magic gifts, and 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 Mace is just a total butt once again, and like throws the rock down. Yeah. Did you think the rock was gonna be cooler when they actually got to use it and, and have it do anything? Not really. I thought it was just going to be something like really simple, like he needed to smash something, you know, so they gave him a rock that he would later 
throw. Yeah, at a window. I I feel like in my I ha- I had like a, a a again. It's been a really long time since I watched this all the way through from start to finish, and I sort of have like this vague memory that like that's the rock he uses to kill the Gorax with. <laughs> but I guess it, I, I was very wrong about that. <laughs> I mean that that would have made a lot of sense. I also thought it might come into play um, when he's trapped in that river, and that if he had had the rock, he would have been able to smash through it smash through the surface and get himself out of it. That scene is very interesting. <laughs> you know, the Ewoks keep trying to throw things into the river to help him and they just keep yeah. magically disappearing. <laughs> and yeah. the, the the reactions the Ewoks have is pretty priceless. <laughs> Astonishment. Just like, oh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they try a rope and they try a, a branch and then, but they have to use the magic stick. I, I did like that sort of all the magic devices that they were given did come into play at some point during during the during the movie you know thank goodness yeah i mean if you're gonna have like this this like fantasy element in there you know you're you're doing like this dark crystal willow lord of the rings kind of thing these things better pay off at some point right right now granted like maybe it was like in in, like not as cool or dramatic of a way as i would have liked but i mean i guess you needed that magic stick to save mace or like he's done yeah exactly and it was Wicket with his cool magic walking stick. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, so so Wicket's held on to the rock that Mace, like a jerk, just casually threw the ground. He's like, I don't want a stupid rock. I want that cool crystal. And then right. and then uh, uh, he has to slam. He slams it to the ground, uh, and it's like this little arrowhead, and it like acts as a compass to show them how to get into the Gorex's fortress. Right. But not without uh, letting Mace first use his blaster. Like he's been talking about using for the entire movie at this point, by the way. And we haven't talked about his obsession with his blaster and like how he'd be like, you know, the main man if he could just get his blaster back from the Ewoks. I, yeah, I, su- I suppose. I, yeah, I thought that was very disappointing that they just, they just blasted the rock out of the, the rock. Way. Yeah. I thought there'd be some kind of like, you know, you're going to use some, one of the other magical element uh, instruments to, to make something cool happen. But uh, no, they didn't go that route. <laughs> yeah. That or else they would have to craft something, you know, be a little bit resourceful. Like, nah, we'll just shoot it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they save their resourcefulness for when they have to do the, the catapult seesaw thing. <laughs> later in the oh movie. yeah 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 we can't forget about that part so yeah we yeah. Have, we have gained entrance to the Gorax's lair at this point um yeah I've made a note about the Gorax in perpetual slow motion <laughs> yes. I don't know why he hasn't eaten the parents yet <laughs> I I see I would like to in my mind I was like <clears throat> excuse me um in my mind uh he was he was fattening them up okay. But they didn't look any fatter. So. No, and I, I don't even think uh, I think the dad was still clean shaven. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I, I don't know. He seemed to have a little bit of a five o'clock shadow. But but yeah, that was definitely something I thought of. Um, I would have liked to have seen him like like feeding them. Yeah, yeah, or at least been like a little bit more uh, uh, intimidating and threatening of them. You know, like have him have just eaten like an Ewok or a Yuzum or something like that. And then him like throwing the bones at him or something. I don't know. <laughs> like they're in, just, yeah. they're just in like a giant bird cage at that point. Yeah. I kind of make him a little more rancor esque, I guess. Yeah. I would have liked a little bit more of an intimidation factor on the Gorax's part. I think he was really being a little too uh, laissez faire about everything. He's just like, yeah. I'm the Gorax. Nothing can stop me. Blah, 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 blah. Yep. 
<laughs> All right, they got to cross a giant chasm, Mark. And uh, luckily, the only way across is like this this like rope bridge that just happens to look like a big giant spider web at the same time. Or is it a spider web that just happens to look like a rope bridge? <laughs> well, judging by the giant fake spiders they used, <laughs> I think it's more of a rope bridge. <laughs> How was that effect for you? Like that was I, that was comical. I adored it. <laughs> I mean, that was like some Ed Wood level stuff right there. I yeah, I I love every minute of it. Um, yeah, just lower the lower the rubber spider. I wish they had just kind of leaned into it a little more, you know, because you Embrace could clearly the see the the fishing line. Oh yeah, holding oh, yeah. up the spider. You know what? At that point, just put the spider on a stick. So that you can have a little more control over it and really just make it clash with the Ewoks there because it was just a little too still. You yeah, know? Oh, definitely. Well, they kept doing those like those close ups. I was like, I think you're making it worse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he, like uh, he was uh, he was gonna he was about that that spider was on the verge of eating that Ewok for like five minutes. Like he just couldn't quite get there. Nope. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to articulate those rubber legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so some interesting uh, visuals at that point. Uh, but they, they get across, the they cut down the web, uh, but they need that later, though. Um, but it comes into yeah. play. Uh... <laughs> it's funny, I actually, I, I actually wondered about that. When they cut down the web, I was like, how are they going to get across? Oh, are they just going to, you know, like kill the Gorax or whatever and, and not even, not even address how they got, how they get out of there. Huh? So I, I was glad that they did come back to it. <laughs> well, I mean, we should also point out for anyone who's playing, following along at home. I mean, Sindel and a, a couple of the other Ewoks are on the other side of the chasm. They didn't want to take Sindel into danger, but apparently right. uh, Mace's cool 11, 12 year old self can handle it he was the mature one of the group well i mean look he is a little more battle ready than his three or four year old sister well he does have an x-wing flight suit on yep <laughs> all right so uh again this is when the ewoks lead the goraks away so that they're able to rescue the parents uh mace gets launched on the giant axe catapult um yep. classic ewok move right Yes, <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you you gotta get the they Ewoks, do, yeah. You gotta get the Ewoks the credit for, for being resourceful. You mentioned that as a criticism a little bit earlier that they weren't quite as resourceful as you would have liked them to be, and I, I do agree with that because I mean, if there's one thing we learned from Jedi, it's that the Ewoks are uh, pretty good engineers when it comes to making use of the environment around them. Oh yeah, no, all sorts of you know like primitive tools and and stuff like that. So yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so. Let's talk about Mace after he, he gets catapulted up to the cage that his parents are in. Can we can we talk about a the giant open spaces between the cage that easily would have let his parents out? Yes. And the fact that they seem to have the rope in there with them already. No, no, no. They they tossed it up. They the Ewoks they, tossed it up. They definitely. You sure about that? I just rewatched that scene. I was like, I don't see them tossing anything up. I'm going to say, because I'll say I'm 99% sure, maybe. <laughs> I was pretty tired. Maybe I imagined it. I think you did. <laughs> I think okay. if you rewatched right. that, you'd be like, wait, the dad just has, like, the rope in there with him already. <laughs> well, because, I remember, like, watching it, I remember thinking, like, I felt like they tossed it up to him, 
And then I felt they maybe, didn't maybe. like the other Ewoks climb up there, and I was like, why are they climbing up there? Just climb down. Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe. All right, yeah. I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on that one. But I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, not not a well thought out rescue scene. I did forget to mention that with the with, with the giant uh, fake rubber spiders, uh, that's that's when they use the giant glowy crystal thing to distract the spider from eating the other Ewok. Yes. So I, I, I did forget to mention that. Sorry. Yeah. All right. So let, let's talk about. I have to go back to something that we've already talked about, but I, I got to do it. Uh, uh, the xenophobia that is prevalent in Mace's family when his pe- when his dad yells, "What is that?" when he sees an Ewok. Clearly, the man works for the Empire. He is a human supremacist. He has an agenda, and the Ewoks aren't on it. I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, it's 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 a it's a little teddy bear come to the rescue. He's he's surprised by it. <laughs> I, I okay, fine, but I still think his reaction is uncalled for. <laughs> I think you're being too sensitive. I listen. I am a protector of Ewok rights, and uh, the this guy's trying to step all over him. He's trying to treat them less than. And they just rescued him, by the way. So, you know, suck it up, guy. Be cool. Be a cool guy. He was cool. He just said, what is that? <laughs> yeah, in the back of his mind, he's like, I wonder if it tastes good. Well, wouldn't you? <laughs> All right, so the Gorax comes back. Uh, uh, this is this is Gimli's time to shine as he uh, just yep. starts chopping the crap out of, uh, out of the Gorax's foot. Yep. Takes some battle damage. <laughs> oh, this is also when, when Mace uh, uh, six Tinkerbell on the Gorax. Right. Which thus causes a cave-in killing Gimli. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so th- that didn't work out well. <laughs> no, no. I mean, do you think he even feels bad about that? <laughs> I think he does. You know? I You know, th- there was a little scene there during, during Gimli's death that, you know, Mace no, and, didn't want him to die. Yes, and, and I think and, that's the moment where we, where we, we, where Mace learns like not to be such a, a human supremacist, and and be like, you know what, these Ewoks they've been helping me out, and I've been a jerk the entire time. And now yes. Gimli's dead, and it's all because I released Tinkerbell. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Well, I mean, look, Tinkerbell. We understand why he released Tinkerbell. It just didn't go as well as he planned. You know, it's not like it was something intentional. It was accidental. Uh, it's it's unfortunate that it happened, especially because, uh, you know, the Gimli Ewok was my favorite Ewok. I was like, oh, I like this guy. He's kind of cool. He's like the, the yeah, I, I think they described him as like the, like the woodsman Ewok at one point. Yeah. Which is weird because they all live in a forest. So, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, there are woodsmen and then there are woodsmen. <laughs> well, is it, can you call him a woodsman if he's an Ewok? Yes. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> but this is also when we get we get another classic Ewok move with the with the tripwire. You know, the the, the rope yes. across the chasm there. <laughs> it, it it took them a long time to set that up and the Gorax is really stupid for not having them 
for not having seen them well, setting it up. Especially considering how slowly he moves. You think he would have been like, oh, wait, hang on a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is, this is also when they use the magic gem to once again cause a stalagmite to fall. Yep, on his head. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, after after blasting that boulder to smithereens, uh, Mace's blaster's pretty weak, but they there's enough juice in there to send the Gorax seemingly over the edge into a giant crevasse. Yeah, somehow. Somehow there's enough juice in there. Yeah, which leads to the happy reunion of family and Ewoks, and that's all yes. that's all cool. And then, uh, oh, but wait! But wait! Gorax, not dead. Until he's an axe thrown into the back of his head. Yeah. Kind of, kind of gnarly. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Yeah, no, he's dead for sure now, and uh, the magic firefight returns. Right. And, uh... uh Let's see, what happens after that? Is that when... I have a note here. I'm not sure if I remember the context for it, though. It says Mace cries a lot. <laughs> I don't remember why. <laughs> um, Is that when he had to let the firefight go? And he was all, like, sad? Because of like, his girlfriend? I don't even remember that. Did that happen? I think it did. Okay. Yeah, like, when he's setting her free, once they get back to the, the Ewok town, that little hut, the one little Ewok hut, they aren't even cool enough to live in the Ewok village. They have to, like, live in this remote hut. Which is kind of weird, right? Because it wasn't wasn't a uh, wicket part of the the village. Yeah, so I wonder if like maybe his dad, because his dad's the Ewok we meet in the beginning of this movie, like somehow like like really upset the the village elders, and they like had they had to put him in like exile for a little bit until he, <laughs> maybe until he like made amends or something. Yeah, and then, you know by the time a Jedi, they're like, oh no, you're back you're back in good graces now. Come on back to the village, you know, live the high life in the trees. Stop living on the ground like a commoner. Sure, maybe. It's like the Jeffersons. They had to be moving on up to to, to get off the forest floor. All right. <laughs> sure. Hey, anytime I can sneak in a Jeffersons reference, I'm going to do it. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, Mace cries a lot. I think it's when he's like letting his Firefly girlfriend go. Uh, yeah. And then it's Ewok party time, Mark. Ewok party time. Yup, nub. And I think at this point it becomes crystal clear that the that the parents are clearly agents of the Empire looking to establish a base on the Forest Moon to oversee the construction of the second Death Star, and they no longer Why? consider the Ewoks a threat. Okay. All right. <laughs> you didn't take that from the final moments of the movie. No, I was just kind of glad it was over. <laughs> oh man. Uh, this was a trip, man. It was it was a, a, a just a time warp to go down and watch this movie all over again. Uh, um, I mean, do you feel like it was time well spent or not so much? Not so much. <laughs> I I could have I could have done without this. Is it mostly because of Mace's human supremacist agenda and it just wore you out? No. No. Oh, all right. Um. No. I mean, it just. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just not good. <laughs> um, you know, it like it's it's got some fun things in it that that I that I enjoyed, but but overall, it just it, it's not a good, it's not a good made for TV movie. Um, that's that's fair. <laughs> I think the thing I was surprised was. Uh, I, I think the thing I was surprised by was uh, it's it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Um, it's it's like not great, and you know it's probably not even good, 
Um, but it wasn't like horrendous or terrible or anything like that. I was like, yeah, I could, you know, you can just throw this on if like if you're looking to do something to occupy your kids with for like an hour and a half. Like, why not throw on the on the on the Ewoks? I think I think we said it before. It's like there's way worse things to watch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I I didn't hate this. I thought it was kind of fun to go back and revisit it. I I don't like Mace very much, and Sindel's almost unbearable for the first thirty forty minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm again, I'm not an Ewok hater, so I I, I don't have a problem watching this movie. I was like, oh, the Ewoks are being the Ewoks. They were they yeah. were consistent from the start from start to finish, and from Jedi to this, they were the Ewoks. Well, my my one thing about the Ewoks though is like they didn't they didn't look right. No, the the suits weren't as good. There wasn't as much uh, uh like animatronics as far as like making the mouths move. Like I think, or, I think I think Wicked or was the only blinking. one. blinking. Yeah. The, oh well, there's definitely no blinking. No, no, no. Right. That was never it's a thing. Creepy. Yeah, but I don't think they blinked in Jedi, really. Did they? <laughs> I, I I thought they did, but if they don't, then they certainly did a good job of hiding it. No, because I think they had to do like a special effect for when Gimli dies to put eyelids on him so he could close his eyes as he was dying. Oh wow. I think I think I saw that somewhere. Um, up, 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 up. Threw me off a little bit. I was gonna say I think I think Wicket was the only one who had like the proper animatronics, so it looked like his mouth was moving. A little bit. But a, a lot of the times, like the other Ewoks are talking, but their 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 lips and stuff are not moving. Yeah, like I mean, this just looked like maybe these were like the prototype suits that they built for Jedi. I I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, possibly. And like, there's a couple other scenes too where I don't remember if it's if it's Wicket's mom or just another female Ewok who's holding like an Ewok baby. Um, mm-hmm. But the baby's like clearly just like a, a stuffed animal. <laughs> like, right. It's like some yeah. kind of <laughs> like it's like oh that is super fake. Not like you're gonna get like an animatronic Ewok baby for a, like a two million dollar TV movie. But uh, you know it's like oh maybe don't focus so much on that if it's just gonna be like this lifeless thing in this in this Ewok's arms. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. And I, I, I mean, to be perfectly transparent with everyone listening, uh, I did try to watch this uh, a couple weeks earlier, uh, and I made the mistake of, A, watching it late at night when I was already very, very tired. And I, I might have consumed some beverages that would have made it a little harder to uh, stay focused on the movie. And uh, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. Because when I, I restarted it a couple days later, and I, I found myself, um, I don't know if enjoying is the right word, but I was, I was like, I can watch this. We're like, I'm, I'm not going to recoil in, in sheer terror of it. Um, so I, right. I, 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 I find the movie passable, you know? Like I said, it, okay. may, it may not be great. It's definitely not great. It may not even be good. But it's not the biggest piece of poodoo I've ever seen. It's not, it's not Banta poodoo, is it? Or do you think it is Banta poodoo? I don't know. <laughs> you don't have to hide it, Mark. It's okay. Say, be, be honest. Say what's, on your, say what's in your heart. Well... Well, no, it's just, I, how I feel about it, what I think about it is is pretty much what I've already said, which is like, this is not a good movie, it's <laughs> okay. bad, but, but it's just a thing for kids. Yeah, okay, I got it, yeah, yeah, you're right, this is not for like the, the, the guy who wants the Star Wars and the Star Wars, because uh, there's no yeah. stars to be worrying here. Yeah, so I mean, I wasn't, you know, I was pretty tired watching it. 
Um, but I, I found it a real slog. Like I, I, I checked the time at one point and I was 17 minutes in and I saw how much time was left. And I was like, oh, no. No, I, I told you, the, the, the pacing in the movie is not great. Like uh, the first 45 minutes, I seem like a real huge waste of time. So yeah. You're right about that. But I, I, I wasn't sure, again, I wasn't sure if that was just my perspective as an adult uh, and, no. and as someone who's like being critical of the movie. No, I mean, it, it was it, it, it was literally just filler because they couldn't they couldn't figure out more obstacles for the caravan to have on its journey. So they just kind of like front loaded the movie with this unnecessary storyline about, uh, Sindel being sick. Yeah. And that was, again, just seemed kind of completely random and out of nowhere. Just, they, yeah. they, they just needed to like fill some time and, and give yeah. the Ewoks weird things to do. Like, uh, now we have to go get medicine for Sindel and Mace is going to be totally a butt about it. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, that, so, you know, the movie had some things that, that I did like, though. Um, I thought the stop motion animation on the, what, what did we call it? The, the wolf, the, the boar wolf, the boar wolf. I thought, I thought the stop motion on that was like, all right. I enjoyed that. Um, like I said, I like the matte paintings. I like the dumb rubber spider. Um, (laughs) And I liked uh, I liked some of the Ewok antics, like when uh, like like when two are are they're like moving firewood, and oh, one drops a log on the other's <laughs> foot, and they just get into a brawl about it. <laughs> well, I don't even know if you call it a brawl. They really just roll around in the dirt on top of each other. Yeah, <laughs> like, I love it. Like Ewok fighting is really weird. <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. No, like so. you said, I mean the Ewoks are the Ewoks in this. Like, if if you don't like the Ewoks, you, you should. You this is not the movie for you. <laughs> Clearly, not. I don't know why you would watch it. Exactly, but uh, you know, if if you're kind of down with the Ewoks and you you want to see some Ewoks hang out with like like bunny rabbits uh, and ferrets, you know, let's get down with it. This is you're gonna have a you'll you'll have a okay time. <laughs> yeah, you will have a passable time <laughs> with this movie for 136. Or an hour and 36 minutes, I should say. <laughs> you know, I, I did think it was interesting how they had all of these uh, human animals <laughs> on their planet. Not human, but like Earth animals on their planet, like weasels and and goats. It's almost, and... it's almost like they were filming in Marin County, California. <laughs> yeah, like they had either either llamas or alpacas. They they look kind of similar. So they they should sure they, they should have gone like the, the classic Star Trek route and just put like a like a little a horn on the rabbit, <laughs> you know, just right in the middle of his eyes. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like oh, that would been great. He's a devil rabbit. <laughs> I, I, there was a rabbit in it. There was a big bunny at one point. Oh yeah, there, there's a huge bunny in this. I'm actually watching. I'm looking at a, at a still frame of of an Ewok playing a drum next to the rabbit. <laughs> yeah, and actually speaking of Star Trek. That little room, like when when they first go into the the Gorax's um, mountain fortress, uh, there's there's like a little room. It, it's the room where they leave Wicket and and Sindel while Mace goes off and and tries to rescue the parents. It it looked very similar to a set from it the did. old Star Trek. Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it looked like. Anytime ne- the next generation went and uh, trans, you know, beamed down into a mine. I mean, it, yeah, <laughs> it had a very like uh, classic sci-fi look to it for sure. 
Yeah, it made me wonder. I was like, is that the same set? Or I mean, yeah, probably very, not. Very possibly. But... I mean, it's probably like one of the few uh, 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 you know studio shots in this movie. Yeah. Or you know, a set shot. I guess I should, maybe is that the right terminology? Uh, clearly on a on some sort of a soundstage, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Sorry. I, I, you know, you're the Hollywood bigwig, not me. Okay. Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so I guess the, I guess the the final question I have for you. Uh, in, in regards to the Ewok adventure, aka the Caravan of Courage, is uh, on a scale of one to ten, Mark, how excited are you to watch a, the Ewoks battle for Endor? Oh, <laughs> like a like a one. Wow, like a one, huh? Oof. I I remember liking Battle for Endor more than this one. Um, I'm I, I'm looking forward to it, but the, but this was. This was pretty rough. <laughs> I remember liking Battle for Endor more as well, but I think that's also because it's my if my memory serves, it's like a lot weirder. Like I remember the 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 lady witch character turns into like a raven or a crow or something and flies around a lot. And at one point, she's like trying to take Sindel and put her in an oven or something. I you know I, it's weird. It's a weird movie. <laughs> and then you have like yeah. that weird looking boss alien bad guy marauder person um right yeah it's gonna be a trip and then and then obviously uh you you remember uh a uh, quaker oats himself wilford brimley uh, That's right. is like the, the 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 hero of the movie for goodness sakes and mr diabetes himself <laughs> there it is i wondered if you were gonna say it first or me <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that'll be uh that'll be a trip to to go back and and, and watch the battle for endor again and then uh, well so but but so wait a second. So so yeah. Sindel's in that one, but is Mason that one? That is a great question. I don't remember. I would I would think so, wouldn't you? Maybe he dies. Does he? That's kind of dark. <laughs> off screen death. Uh, off screen, no less. Wow. <laughs> Mark's is like they, that guy. That guy got fired. Oh, that's what Mark's saying right now. They're like, kid, get out of here. You're a bum. You're no good. <laughs> yeah, they, you know they. You think Lucas did it himself? He was like, kid, you got no future in this business. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> and then you find out he's like a background character in the in the in the pod racing scene in, in uh, Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a that's a very Lucas thing to do. It is a very Lucas thing to do. You're hundred percent right about that. I mean I mean uh, 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 I think Warwick Davis is in almost every Star Wars movie after Jedi. I mean, uh, he's they'll find something for him to do in every movie. Oh yeah, you know it's it's like tradition at this point to 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 get uh, uh, him in there somewhere, right. and it, whether it's in a costume or it, it's you know the, the the rare uncostumed appearance of of Warwick Davis. That's something. It's, yeah. it's like the fun little game you play when you watch a Star Wars movie nowadays. Is like which character is Warwick Davis going to be? Mm. I stopped playing that game. All right. Well, fair enough. Well, I'm excited to watch the battle for Endor. Uh, apparently, Mark has got some reservations, but I'm I'm willing to get down with this one. <laughs> I'm excited. Let's let's. You know, I watched one battle for Endor. Let's watch another one. All right. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna get nuts. <laughs> Your reservation uh, is alarming. <laughs> I. Yeah, we're going to watch it. We're going to watch it. (laughs) It's a thing that's going to (laughs) happen. Set it in stone. It's being done. (laughs) Right. All right. Well, I think think we've talked about this movie long enough. You got anything else to say about it or you're good? 
I think I'm good. I think I'm good too. I think I covered all my notes. I know we were a little out of order with things, but that's okay. It's a it's a it's a fun cast, not a podcast. Oh, you know what? There was one thing. Oh, okay. Um, did you notice like uh like the Ewoks had like a little swear word? Did they? Like it was like Fiege or something like that. It was like they were saying the F word. Like when um like at, at at the very beginning when Wicket's father is like getting into his glider and it takes off too soon and uh like Wicket says something like like Fiege and um and it happens one or two other times throughout the movie where it's like when an Ewok gets upset they say that particular word. Wasn't that what but wasn't that one Ewok's name Deej? Well, the father's name was Deej. So they they weren't just saying that? I don't think so. I thought the Ewoks were saying a little curse word. Like okay. R2-D2. He's always saying curse words, apparently, right? Yeah, I've heard that R2 is just a, a, a filthy... You know, he needs his uh, circuits washed out with soap. Right. Yeah, here, hang on a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull something up here, because I, I, I'm very curious about this. And I saw... I got, a, I got a link on here that has, like, Ewok translations on here. I want to see what this... Uh... <laughs> All right. all right, so Yaha is goodbye. Yubnub is hooray, because we all know Yubnub, for God's sakes. Uh, Acha is all right. Gunda equals good slash yummy. Fetch is dang, or feech, maybe? Maybe that's what you heard, feech is dang? Yes. Okay, so it's dang. All right, okay. We also have Lordo, which means loser. Teyati is come. Kush means who or what. Rhoda is eat. Chak is yes. Jex is that, and Den is no. All right. So they were saying dang. Yeah, so they were right. Feech, Feech. Feech. <laughs> Son of Feech. I guess with it starting with F, I just thought that little that little child Ewok is... You were really hoping they were just being potty mouths. Yeah. <laughs> the bad news Ewoks. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I'm not going to... I'm not playing that game right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> we'll do that. We'll do that on my other podcast where, where I get to say the naughty words, and All right. <laughs> but not on this one. No thanks. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. I uh, thanks for hanging out today. Thanks for watching the Caravan of Courage. It, it sounds like it was a bit of a struggle for you, but I'm glad you did it. Uh, I'm glad I watched it. It's been 30 years. Yeah, 30 years. Right. That's kind of what I'm thinking yeah. as well. So yeah, it's a, a trip down memory lane in a lot of senses. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I look forward to doing this again with you when we do the battle for Endor. Yeah, no, me too. All right, brother. I will talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Thank you. Bye. Bye. He's going to be here. Come on, come on, come on. You got to be all right. Let's go. We got to go. He's going to come back. Come on. Come on. You can do it. You're brave. You're strong. You're my friend. Friend. Girota. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I had a great time uh, hanging out with my, my brother Mark and reminiscing about our first times watching the movie uh, as, as children. 
but then obviously revisiting it now uh, as adults and, and <laughs> the different perspectives that we have on Ewoks Caravan of Courage. Quite, uh, quite the epic event, if I do say so myself. I mean, Peter Jackson clearly took notes from this movie when crafting Lord of the Rings because uh, the influences so heavily felt. So, so heavily felt. <laughs> I don't know. Did you guys rewatch this? Have you have you all had a chance to explore the vintage Star Wars tab on Disney Plus? It's a lot of fun, and there's gonna be a lot of neat stuff to get into on there because you know, like we talked about, we're we're gonna come back. We're gonna do Battle for Endor, uh, but the the Ewoks cartoon is on there as well, and the 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 Gennady Tartakovsky Clone Wars series is on there, which is something that I absolutely adore and have been rewatching uh, a couple of times already. Uh, since the Disney Plus made that available to us. So so these are all things we're going to talk about on the podcast coming up down the road. So so if you get a chance, take, take some time, check those out. The Tartakovsky Clone Wars, I, I insanely, I, I, I can't recommend highly enough. They're so good. They're so uh, kinetic and energy-based and just, uh, just it's, it's all forward momentum on those. They're, they're so fun to watch. There's so much great, great kinetic, frantic energy. Frenetic, excuse me, my goodness. Uh, a great time on that vintage app. The only thing I, I've noticed missing, and and I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if there's like some sort of a copyrights issue that's maybe holding it up, or if there's something else going on. But I haven't noticed the old '80s uh, animated droids series uh, being available on, on the Disney Plus just yet, and that is something I re- would very much like to see on there as well. That is a cartoon I uh, have very fond memories of. R2 and, and, and C-3PO's adventures before the events of Star Wars A New Hope. So I, I'd like to I like to see that become available, kind of get into that, see some fun stuff there with, with our favorite droid characters. And that leads me down the path of the, the, the fantastic droids comic that Dark Horse did, again, back in the 90s. But, you know, we, we'll talk about that later. But I'd love to see that droids cartoon added. And yeah, don't worry. We are going to talk about the Faithful Wookiee as well at some point. The animated, uh, the animated feature of the Star Wars Holiday Special. All of it. We're gonna we're gonna continue to explore that vintage tab, uh, as long as it's as long as they keep cool stuff on there for us to check out. Because it's gonna be a fun blast from the past for all of us. All right. So, thank you so much for listening to the Mandavision podcast. I'm always blown away by by the people and the support that this show gets. So thank you so very, very much for doing this and hanging out with me. Hope you enjoyed the conversation today. And I look forward to the next time we do it. My name is Tom, Nargai Tom. This is Mandavision. We are on all your favorite podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Pandora, Amazon, Audible, and so many, many more. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you can take the time to do a do us a favor, do us a solid, write us one of those sweet, sweet, sweet five-star reviews. Help us defeat the tyranny that is the evil algorithm. We are also on social media. Please follow us there. Give us likes and shares and all that good stuff. At uh, Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. Email the show, MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. And let's, let's talk. Let's engage with each other. It's always a fun time to engage with other Star Wars fans and, and kind of get into all the good stuff. Please make sure you're liking, subscribing, and sharing the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert, people you have life debts to, people who have life debts to you, people you're in blood feuds with, and people in blood feuds with you. Those are the best people to, to share this podcast with. All right, let's get out of here. 
we're we, we're we're busy, man. We're we're dropping. We got Clone Wars over here on Mondays. We got Bad Batch over here on Fridays, and then we're doing fun episodes like this in the middle when, whenever we can work it out. So uh, stay tuned. Thanks in, in advance for the downloads and the support. I love you all. You're the best. And and remember, this podcast can only end one way. And this is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.